We're back on Healthy Rounds. I'm your host, Dr. Anthony Alessi, and my next guest is Dr. Fernanda Weinstein. Dr. Weinstein is a neurologist specializing in the area of peripheral nerve disease. She is currently a fellow at Columbia Presbyterian Medical Center in New York and will hopefully be joining us soon at the University of Connecticut to bring her expertise uh, to our institution. Fernanda, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here today. Fernanda, let's talk a little bit about peripheral neuropathy and what you have been doing during your fellowship. Now, I want to explain to everybody, fellowship is advanced training. After becoming an MD, doing a residency, you then go on to extra training, in your case, two more years. Um, so you've been you've been a trainee for a long time. Um, yeah. So can you talk a little bit about what you've done during the fellowship and how that has positioned you for coming to Connecticut? So, yeah, so uh, it's a long pathway until we become a neurologist. Like, um, we have, I went to med school six years. I did six years of med school. After that, four years uh, of um, residency. I did one year of fellowship in uh, electromyography on neuromuscular diseases. And then um, this year, I'm specializing in peripheral neuropathy. I'm doing a lot of research in the field and uh, learning with the patients and uh, um, trying to help the patients as well. So can we talk a little bit about peripheral neuropathy? What is it? And just talk a little bit in general so the patients know a little bit more about it. So the word peripheral neuropathy means just damage to the uh, peripheral nerve system. Uh, what exactly means and what the patients are going to feel is uh, so when you have damage to the nerves, those nerves are responsible for uh, our motor movements, uh, for sensation, and for regulation of uh, the organs. So if you have damage of those uh, uh, nerves, uh, the patients are complaining about numbness, tingling, pain, weakness, difficult to walk, balance. So and uh, sometimes even uh, affect the blood pressure. So affect everything because the peripheral nerve system is everywhere. So what are the symptoms? How do people start to know there's something wrong with their peripheral nerves? What are the symptoms they first that first appear? Uh, that is not exactly a first symptom. Uh, it's usually like uh, they start feeling different. Then they're going to feel a different sensation in their feet, in their hands. Uh, it depends on which type of peripheral neuropathy uh, they're going to affect different uh, parts of your body. So if you have, as most of the times, the most common peripheral neuropathy is going to affect the long nerves, causing uh, difficult uh, uh, to feel uh, with your sensation, so numbness, tingling, pain. Because of that, it's going to affect your balance as well. And a lot of people complain about weakness if it's affecting your motor nerves, too. So some of the causes of peripheral neuropathy. Now, I know the most, I don't know if it's still the case, but when I was doing fellowship, uh, the most common cause of peripheral neuropathy in the world was leprosy. Um, I don't know if that's still the case. Is that still the case now? Uh, the mo- nowadays, the most common cause is diabetes. It's okay. Diabetes. So, so industrialized nations have now surpassed everybody else. 
Yes, so in our country, United States, we see we don't see leprosy here. In third world countries, we still see leprosy, uh, and uh, it's still affecting a huge population. But worldwide, diabetes, I think, is uh, uh, most prevalent. So let's talk about diabetic peripheral neuropathy a little bit. Um, How does diabetes lead to peripheral neuropathy? So. it can have like a, the glucose can damage your high glucose can damage your nerves, uh, and uh, that's affecting the nerves. Uh, so that's ex- how it affects uh, the peripheral neuropathy. So if you control your glucose, it's also going to control. It's going to improve uh, um, your your symptoms of peripheral neuropathy. You know, a lot of people always think that okay, if a nerve doesn't work then it just becomes numb and dead. But a lot of our patients come to us with pain as one of their initial symptoms. Uh, can you talk a little bit about neuropathic pain? Yes, yeah, so if that's a very interesting question. Uh, sometimes people feel that the nerves are not working, but sometimes uh, there's a, it's not that they're not working, but there's a disruption of the, sign, the signals. So because of that, they feel that the nerves are working too much. And when the nerves are working too much, then you feel the pain. Sometimes uh, the nerves transmit also a different sign. So what you supposed to be like a light soft or just dressing your own clothes, then it becomes painful. A lot of patients also complain of the pain primarily at night. Is there a reason for that? So patients will come in and say, gee, when I get into bed, the sheets irritate my feet and really bother them. Uh, is there a particular reason for that, Fernanda? There are some explanations for that, but most of the times it's just because that time is when you are like just re- uh, relaxed and you're not thinking about anything else, and that pain comes to your mind and you feel more. Uh, it's not just at night, but when you're like laying down in bed any time of the day, people feel more pain at that time. And that's a very important question because that's how you differentiate uh, peripheral neuropathy from other like uh, uh, pain symptoms like back pain or when you have like uh, or vascular pain that have similar symptoms like numbness, tingling, or painful sensation, and sometimes we think that's coming from the nurse. But actually, uh, because uh, they have different presentations during the day, we know that it's not peripheral neuropathy, something else. And that's important to make the diagnosis. One of the things we've always used, and, and I don't know how effective it still is, is the use of topical medication. So various types of ointments and salves, some of which get compounded specially uh, for patients to use where they just apply it to their feet if they have uh, painful peripheral neuropathy. Do you use those medications much? And can you explain to our listeners how they work, things like capsaicin that you could buy over the counter, things such as that? So that's not really the first-line treatment for peripheral neuropathy. Uh, And uh, some evidence didn't show that it worked, but some patients... Uh, think relief. Uh, capsaicin, sometimes it's not a, a, I personally don't like to use a lot, even if it's over the counter, because it can, uh, in the beginning, cause less pain, but it can cause more burning pain later. 
So actually, that's one, not one of my um, first-line treatments. We prefer to use uh, more um, oral medications uh, that suppress the pain. Okay. Non, not opioids or nor narcotics, more different uh, pain medications they are used to perform uh, neuropathy. Okay, we're chatting today with Dr. Fernanda Weinstein. Dr. Weinstein is a neurologist specializing in peripheral nerve disease. And we're just touching on a little bit on the treatment of peripheral nerve disease and, and making some interesting points that I want to expand upon about not using opioids or narcotic medications. We're going to take a short break, and then we're going to be back with Dr. Weinstein to talk about her specific area of interest in amyloid neuropathy and, in general, the treatment for peripheral neuropathy. You're listening to Healthy Rounds on WTIC News Talk 1080. We're back on Healthy Rounds, and in this final segment of our program, we want to chat a little bit more with Dr. Fernanda Weinstein about peripheral neuropathy. Fernanda, just before the break, uh, you talked a little bit about oral medication that you prefer to use as a first-line treatment for peripheral neuropathy. Can you talk a little bit about some of the drugs? And again, you, I want to emphasize the point that you made is that we don't use opioids or narcotic medications for this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so most of the pain medications that use for neuropathic, neuropathic pain, uh, it's uh, used for other types of disease, too, for seizures, for depression, anxiety. They work in, in different channels uh, of our, in the, our nerves, and that suppress the pain. Sodium channels, uh, potassium channels, and that, and they're like, that suppress the pain. Uh, some medications, uh, that, uh, people watch in the, um, in the TV, Lyrica, Cymbalta, Galapentin, they are, those are the most common medications used for neuropathic pain. Why is that? So we use medications that are designed for epilepsy. Uh, we use medications that are designed um, for other things, like you mentioned, different channel blockers. How do we stumble upon this? How does somebody know what the best – what's the drug you like to use, first line, first drug for someone with peripheral neuropathy? That is no such a thing of uh, the right drug for that uh, for everybody. So it's kind of trying – which medication, the dose of the medication that's going to work for one patient is not going to work for the other type of patient. So um, we start with one type of medication. We have to see if the patient tolerates side effects, uh, and then we try to adjust the dose. If it doesn't work, we have different options. But that is not such a thing of, the, I'm going to use this medication for everything. That will be much easier. But you you have to start somewhere. I mean, I generally start with Neurontin uh, for for basic reasons. There's no interaction with other drugs, fewer side effects. Do you start with that um, as being That's, one of the more benign drugs? Yes, Neurontin uh, that is gabapentin. Yeah, and Lyrica is one of my my first choice usually yeah. because of the interaction, uh, lower side effects. But also sometimes we have like some patients that are going to complain about uh, some side effects and or that medications not working. And then you have to go to uh, another drug. How about amyloid neuropathy? You've done some research in this field. Can you tell our patients, our listeners, a little bit about what that is? 
um, amyloneuropathies. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what exactly I study is why type of amyloneuropathy. Uh, amyloid is just abnormal protein that can deposit uh, in, uh, in your heart and other tissues. Uh, the disease that everybody, like, uh, not everybody, sorry, that is people know better is the familial amyloid polyneuropathy, amyloidosis polyneuropathy. That affects your heart and that affects your nerves as well. Uh, I study a different type of protein, a different type of amyloidosis as white type amyloidosis. The difference between one and the other is that the first one, the familial one, is hereditary. So it's a genetic mutation that causes the abnormal protein, and this abnormal protein deposits in the nerves and in the heart, causing neuropathy and also cardiac problems. The white type amyloidosis that before uh, you should uh, be uh, called uh, systemic, senile systemic amyloidosis. Uh, it's known to affect just the heart and also can cause carpal tunnel syndrome. Uh, my main uh, investigation is to see if those patients also have neuropathy. And that's very important because uh, uh, there are several clinical trials going on about uh, um, familial uh, amyloidosis, and uh, maybe those patients with the different type of amyloidosis can also benefit from this treatment, but we don't know yet. In terms of treatment, not just of amyloidosis, but in general of peripheral neuropathy, are we going to be hearing anything new about it? I think we've always struggled with the di diabetic peripheral neuropathy, a direct treatment, right? We had enzyme inhibitors in the past, but they proved... Um, to have a lot of side effects, and that was back in the 80s. Is there anything coming down that our listeners need to know about the future of treating peripheral neuropathy? First, I think the most important thing is diagnose the cause of the neuropathy. Uh, and then uh, diabetes, again, diabetes is the most common cause, but there are different other types of neuropathy. There's different treatments. So if you have, uh, uh, it can be uh, inflammatory, uh, caused by some rheumatological diseases. It can be toxic or some vitamin deficiency. So you, if you're talking about the treatment of the neuropathy, you have to find the cause. Um, the, the cause is just a simple, like a vitamin deficiency. The treatment already exists, just taking the vitamin. Or if the problem is like a, it's a toxic neuropathy, like alcohol, you should stop drinking alcohol. In terms of diabetic neuropathy, nowadays we just say you have to control your diet, doing exercise, and really controlling your uh, di uh, your diabetes. Uh, and we try to, the treatment that we offer nowadays is just to treat the pain. Yeah? But there are some uh, clinical trials going on about uh, genetic. It's like uh, some. Uh, work with more genetic uh, uh, medications uh, that uh, can help diabetic neuropathy, but we don't know yet. Well, we're going to be looking forward to hearing more about this. Uh, Fernanda, listen, thank you very much for taking time today uh, and chatting with us. And also, we look forward to having you here at the University of Connecticut real soon. Thank you. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, thank you for having me. 
Many thanks to our studio producer. Mike Olko has been on the board. Jeff Chandler is in charge of sales and marketing for Healthy Rounds. Next up on WTIC is Garden Talk with Len. Please remember to help save lives. You can do that today by becoming an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Until next week, this is Dr. Anthony Alessi. Please stay healthy. This has been Healthy Rounds with Dr. Anthony Alessi, sponsored by St. Francis Hospital and Medical Center, Ratchford Eye Center, Covaris, and the Connecticut State Medical Society. Be sure to tune in next Saturday morning at 11 for more Healthy Rounds on WTIC News Talk 1080 and WTIC.com.